Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want to bless the name of the Lord for his grace that he has given me to come once again. And I I, I am always, always, always blessed to be able to speak to you wherever you are. This is Pastor Dennis. This is the Freedom Streams program whereby we minister Christ, we dispense Christ, we speak uh, this wonderful life-giving word, life-imparting word. We have been talking about Christ in his person recently uh, in the the previous talks and I want even today to continue in case you you lack and miss all the previous ones you always need to get our application Freedom Experience app from Google Play Store or you can visit our website at freedomexperienceministry.org You can also find us in various podcast platforms uh, if you search for Freedom Streams or Freedom Experience Ministry. Now, we have been talking about Christ in his person and we saw number seven was the life-giving spirit and we talked in details about this life-giving spirit even in resurrection. But today we are going to continue to see him as the life-giving spirit as part B, that is the Lord in resurrection being the spirit, the Lord spirit. Because in resurrection we saw that he is life-giving spirit and we saw that uh, uh, we are going to see today that he is also the Lord, Lord spirit, the Lord in resurrection. In the spirit or what we call the Lord spirit. We have seen that in resurrection Christ is the spirit, the Lord spirit. You remember 2 Corinthians 17 that says the Lord is the spirit. So the spirit in this verse is the spirit mentioned in verse 6. I want us when you go back to read first second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6. You see that the Bible says that uh, who also has made us able ministers of the new covenant New Testament not of the letter but of the spirit and it says that for the letter kills but the spirit gives life. And here what that says that the spirit gives life is the one that is mentioned. That when he enters into us, he gives life. Oh, the same is in what is in verse 17 of Second Corinthians chapter 3. Here we read that uh, the letter kills but the spirit gives life. Now the Lord is the spirit who gives life. And according to uh, this uh the new translation of, of, of John Nelson Darby, that Bible translation, verse 7 through verse 16 of Second Corinthians chapter 3, they are uh, afterthoughts showing that verse 17 is continuation of verse 3. So as we have pointed out, verse 17 says that the Lord is the Spirit. The spirit mentioned here is that the very spirit who gives life spoken of in verse 3. Therefore, this verse clearly says that Christ, Lord, is the spirit. In resurrection, we have seen that the Lord is the spirit. For some, they claim that the Lord in 2 Corinthians 3.17 is not the Lord Jesus Christ, but merely the Lord God. But we have seen that in the book of 2 Corinthians, there is the title, the Lord, and this is always attached to the Lord Jesus. When you read Second Corinthians one two, and even verse fourteen, 
see that the title Lord is always given to uh, to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Second Corinthians one, "To grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ." So this title is always entitled to Christ. Even when you read to uh, you read verse four of Second Corinthians chapter one, verse four, he says that who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And uh, you see that when... Uh, no, I had to read for you verse 14 on to verse 4. Verse 14 says that Second uh, Corinthians one fourteen. it says that as also you have acknowledged us in part that we are your rejoicing even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. So what I'm emphasizing is that and you can read verse 17 of the same chapter. You can read even 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 and even verse 4 and even verse 14. See? You will find a lot of verses. I've given you 2 Corinthians 1, 2 and even 2 Corinthians 1, 14. You can even read 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and even 2 Corinthians 13, 14. So we see that God is called the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That one we have seen in 2 Corinthians 1.3. You also see the same in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 31. And according to the context of this section, it starts at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. The Lord here must refer to Jesus Christ as the Lord. And I've given you more scriptures that uh, that is Second Corinthians chapter two, verse twelve, verse fourteen, verse fifteen, verse seventeen. When you come to Second Corinthians chapter three, verse three, verse four, verse fourteen, verse sixteen. So, the Lord in Second Corinthians three seventeen, as in Second Corinthians three sixteen and even eighteen, is the Lord Jesus Christ, not God the Father. So that means that Jesus became the Spirit, the Lord Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 3.17 is then a strong word in the Bible telling us emphatically that Christ Lord is the Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. When you come to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, it still refers to Christ as Lord Spirit. So the Lord Spirit may be considered a compound a compound title like the Father God and the Lord Christ. So, this expression again strongly proves that and confirms that the Lord Christ is the Spirit and the Spirit is the Lord Christ. It is a compound Spirit. Praise the name Jesus. So, when we proceed to number 8 as another aspect of Christ. So, number 8 is that Christ is the giver of the Spirit. Christ is the giver of the Spirit. Now, in the Godhead, Christ is the complete God. That one we saw. Christ is the Son of God and Christ is the life-giving Spirit. He is also the giver of the Spirit. He is the Spirit and also the giver of the Spirit. This means that He is both the giver and even is the gift. The giver is Christ who gives 
has become the spirit and the gift is also Christ as the spirit. So the spirit gives the spirit as a gift to us. I praise the name of Jesus. So concerning Christ as the giver of the spirit, the Bible says in John chapter 3 verses 34, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God he gives the spirit not by measure. And here we see that Christ gives the spirit to God's people without measure. Some versions render this verse incorrectly, saying that God, the Father, gives the spirit to the Son without measure. This is not a true interpretation. And, uh, and uh, you see that uh, uh, here the verse was meaning that the Son God has sent gives the spirit without measure God is people so Christ ministers the immeasurable spirit to the members of his body whenever we contact him he gives himself as a spirit to us as a gift he dispenses the spirit into all his members that they may function in a full way without the spirit we cannot function even in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, in the church, we see that Christ, uh, as the all-inclusive head, gives the spirit of life without measure to the believers, to the body. So, because of this immeasurable spirit, we can function as members of the body because he gives us spirit without measure. The whole body is under the anointing of Christ's immeasurable spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. So, he, he is giving himself to us. He's giving himself to us as the immeasurable spirit and the body is anointed. So, the spirit given by Christ is the immeasurable spirit. The immeasurable spirit is the all-inclusive spirit. This spirit is measurable. That is in Sophia. And all-inclusive in nature. So the immeasurable spirit is life-giving spirit that is spoken of in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. So we see that in resurrection, Christ became his life-giving spirit for imparting life. And after his resurrection, and through his resurrection, and in his resurrection, Christ became the life-giving spirit. So this is the spirit. So we have said this is the spirit. Immeasurable spirit. So this is the immeasurable spirit who gives, who he gives to us. It is the name of the Lord. So we also need to see that the immeasurable spirit given by Christ is also the pneumatic Christ. The Bible told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6, and even in verses 17 to 18, that this Christ has become the pneumatic Christ. I want to read for you Romans 8, 9 to 11. Bible says that but you are not in the flesh but in, but in the spirit if so be that 
the spirit of God dwells dwell in you. Now if any man has known the spirit of Christ. Now here the spirit of Christ is the pneumatic Christ. If any man has known the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit dwells in you. So we see that when we describe the Christ who lived on earth may speak of Christ in the flesh. But the term pneumatic Christ refers to Christ as the spirit. And due to the additional teaching concerning the Trinity, some regard the spirit as a person separate from Christ. And then they go on to speak of Christ being in the spirit. Now, it is understood that the phrase Christ in the flesh, Christ in the flesh, refers to Christ himself while he is on earth. But not many people understand that the term Christ in the spirit. Now, to mean that Christ is the spirit is the, is the, the term that says Christ in the spirit. That is, Christ is the spirit. This has made it necessary for even certain teachers to adopt the term pneumatic Christ. To denote that Christ who is the spirit is the spirit. The Christ who is the spirit, the pneumatic Christ. And because of the influence of traditional teachings, if we speak of Christ in the spirit, others may think that Christ is separate from the spirit, so he needs to come in the spirit to be one with the spirit. And they don't realize that Christ is the spirit. And here we have the word pneumatic meaning spiritual Christ. When we use the term spiritual Christ, it is the same as pneumatic Christ. So, uh, we always use pneumatic Christ because spiritual Christ, people might misunderstand what we want to mean. So, in the New Testament, we are told that Christ, Son of God, is in the Spirit. And the Bible does say that the Father is in the Son. And the Son is in the Father. That is John 17, 21. But in the New Testament, we don't have the thought that, that Christ is in the Spirit. We only have the, that the Father is in the Son, the Son is in the Father. There's no other statement that says that Christ is in the Spirit. No, because Christ is the Spirit. So when he resurrected, Christ became the Spirit. And we have pointed out this in 2 Corinthians 17 saying that the Lord is that spirit now this is the pneumatic Christ the Christ who is in resurrection and has become the life giving spirit and he gives himself as the spirit who us we have called him the immeasurable spirit and this is actually the application of the unlimited Christ because he's immeasurable he gives the spirit without measure he becomes an unlimited Christ when the unlimited Christ is applied to us and uh, we appreciate, he appreciates us and we, en- we enjoy him, we appreciate him, is going to be immeasurable. Is the immeasurable spirit. I want you to adopt also that one. 
Christ is the immeasurable spirit. Why? Because John 3 has told us he gives the spirit without measure. So we come to number nine, ninth aspect of Christ in his person as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So John 1.33 reveals that Christ is he who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Now, in contrast to John Baptist, baptizes in water, Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Water signifies death and burial, the termination of the repenting people. This was the ministry of John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life and resurrection or the germination of the terminated people. Once we are baptized in water, we are buried. We are terminated because of repenting. We are terminated from the old Adam. Now we need to be germinated or resurrected. So we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life and resurrection for germination of the terminated people. We are terminated in baptism of water. We are germinated in the baptism of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit into whom Christ has baptized the believers is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. When you read Romans 8 9, has told us that, but you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit because we have been baptized, we are in the Spirit. Uh, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Remember, the Spirit comes into you when you believe. You are baptized into the body of Christ. And that is the baptism of, of the Spirit. And the Bible says that now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. In other words, he is not born again. So to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be baptized into Christ. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verses 7, verses 27, Russian says in verse chapter 3 verse 27 that as many or as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And Romans 6 verse 3 says that know ye not that so many of us as we are baptized into Jesus Christ we are baptized into his death. So we have seen that the Holy Spirit is Baptized, baptized us into Christ. He has also baptized us into the triune God. Remember Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 oh, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we have been also baptized into the body of Christ. That is what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 says. It says that uh, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether be born or free we have been all made to drink into one spirit praise the name Jesus so we see that on the day of Pentecost Christ the head of the body baptized the Jewish believers into a Holy Spirit so when in the house of Cornelius Christ baptized all the Gentile believers into the Holy Spirit by Peter, remember. By these two steps, Christ baptized his entire body 
in the Holy Spirit. The Jews and the Gentiles were baptized in the Holy Spirit into himself. Praise the name of Jesus. So we come to the tenth aspect of God of Christ in his person being the author of life in whom is life. Christ is the author of life in whom is life. And here we see that Christ being the author in whom is life in his preaching in the book of Acts 3 verse 15 Peter declares and says and the author of life you killed whom God raised from the dead of which we are witness. Near the Greek word rendered author is achegos. Achegos means author, origin, originator, chief leader, captain. It means Christ as the origin, Christ as the originator of life. Therefore is the author of life. And in Acts 3.15 when you read the King James version says that the prince of life. And this is a poor rendering. Yeah, Achegos does not denote a prince. It has given us originator, author, origin, chief leader, captain, not the prince. So you see that the very source, the origin, even the originator of life, the author of life is Christ. It's not the prince, but the originator, the author of life. Peter is saying that Christ is the source of life, the originator of life. He is the author, chief leader in life. So Christ is being the author of life is for the imparting, dispensing of life into others. Dispense that divine life into others is to propagate Christ. For such a propagation, we need Christ as the author of life, as the source of life. We need to see where life is, where life comes from. And we have seen the word author, Acts 3.15, indicating that life comes from Christ, is the author. It says, I am the life, is the source, the origin of life. He is the author the originator of life. And Peter wanted the people to realize this. That one day they killed him. Not knowing that he was the author of life. So God raised him from the dead because he's the author of life. In Christ, as the author of life is life. The Bible says in John 1, 4, in him was life. And here, him denotes Christ as the word who is God and through whom all things came into being John 1 3 so although incarnation uh, Christ the word the author of life came as life to be received by the man uh, whom he created life is in him and he is life remember in John chapter 11 verse 25 he says that I am resurrection and the life John 14.6 he says I am the way, the truth and the life. In John 10 verse 10 he says I came that they may have life. So we see that man was created as a vessel to 
contain God as life as indicated by the tree of life in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 we are created as vessels to contain God as life remember that uh the creation by creation man was merely an empty vessel he did not have genuine life in him and we see that the created life of man is not genuine genuine life is the divine life life that is in Christ what kind of life did you have before you received Christ the author of life that was a temporary life that dies it was it was not the best it was a temporary life it was not a permanent life it was not eternal life adam didn't have eternal life that's why he kept on eating from the tree of life to receive more life he had a temporary life because god breathed unto him his breath hallelujah so although it was an instant life it was not a constant life so before we received christ we were uncertain as to how long our instant life would endure and a very real sense uh, in a very real sense is that before we were saved we did not have life because we did not have a divine eternal life that is in Christ as the author of life that means that if a person dies without receiving Christ the author of life he perishes he will not have life after death So the life in Christ is eternal, constant and even permanent. And all men need such a life. They need the divine life and created life that is in Christ. This life is for man. Man is the receiver of this life. And Christ is the author of life in whom is life so that the life of God may be dispensed into us. Praise Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about two more then we shall finish. 11 is the Lord Christ is the Lord. And here we have a number of verses in the New Testament revealing that Christ is the Lord. For example, John chapter 4 verse 1, John chapter 6 verse 23, and even John chapter 20 verses 28. And as applied to Christ, the Greek word for Lord is used in the new testament it equals to divine title jehovah so in the old testament we have jehovah in the new testament we have the lord so in the new testament the lord is a divine title of the triune god and therefore this means that the lord is a title not only of the lord jesus christ himself as the son of god but also a title of the triune god praise the name of jesus number 12 where we we are going to stop today is the lord of glory christ is the lord of glory when you read in first corinthians chapter 2 paul says that uh not one of the rulers of this age that is first corinthians chapter 2 verses 7 8 Not one of the rulers of this age has known God's wisdom in a mystery. For if they had known, they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the the glory in verse 7 is Christ, who is the Lord of glory. Christ is our life today. 
according to Colossians 3:4 and is going to be our glory in the future. Your future starts from the next minute, next hour, next day, next week. So is the glory in the future according to Colossians 1:27. Now to this glory God has called us. Remember 1 Peter 5:10 he has called us unto glory. And into this glory he will bring us. In Hebrews 10 to 10. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 says that he brings many sons unto glory. So he is called the Lord of glory. Praise the name of Jesus. So we are going to stop here today. I believe that if you stick with us, you will even learn more from the word of God. May the Lord bless you. I am Pastor Dennis. Freedom Experience Ministry.